Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Welcome to the October 2019 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from Sydney, Australia. My name is Damian Marucci. I'm here with Dr. Sonia Sokolovska. We are talking about a matched pair analysis of pre-pectoral with sub-pectoral breast reconstruction. Is there a difference in post-operative complication rate? This is by Drs. Mameni et al. from the Stanford University uh, Plastic Surgery Department. This was published in the October 2019 PRS. So Sonia, what was this paper about in a nutshell? So Momini and colleagues looked at a retrospective case series of 80 patients and they had matched cases whereby they're trying to assess whether prepectoral tissue expander insertion versus dual plane subpectoral tissue expander insertion was superior in terms of preventing postoperative infections. So they're looking at which group had higher infection rates, which group had higher rates of mastectomy skin necrosis, which had reconstructions after stage two and what kind of reconstruction they had and looking at the differences in the duration of postoperative antibiotics between the two groups and whether this made a difference as to the postoperative infection rate. Okay, so what were their groups and how did they compare them? What were they specifically looking at? So the inclusion criteria for group one were people that had immediate prepectoral tissue expanders inserted and they were covered completely with acellular dermal matrix, either dermacell or alloderm. These patients in this group had perioperative antibiotic prophylaxis only within the first 24 hour perioperative period and they used cefazolin for this. And if they couldn't use cefazolin for anaphylactic reasons, they used clindamycin. Conversely, the group two, which also had 40 patients in its group, were patients that had immediate dual plane subpectoral tissue expanders, and they were covered with the acellular dermal matrix sling only for the lower pole, because the pec major was the upper pole coverage. They also had antibiotic prophylaxis, but this was for one week in duration. They excluded patients that went direct to implant reconstruction, and they also excluded patients if they had staged implant reconstructions with no acellular dermal matrix or immediate autologous reconstruction or immediate hybrid breast reconstruction. In the title it talks about this being a matched pair analysis. Mm. What does that mean? So they matched each patient for their age, their BMI, the type of acellular dermal matrix used, whether it was alloderm or dermacell, and whether or not they had a history of radiotherapy. But in addition to that, the non-matched criteria which were put there for interest were the patient race, also whether they had what kind of mastectomy they had, how much tissue expander fill was inserted and the time period between first and second stage procedures and the type of second stage procedure they had. Okay, so what were their results? So the results that they mentioned in terms of complication rates, for major complications, the subpectoral group had higher rates of major complications. Um, and namely, there was a higher rate of inpatient admission for infection in the subpectoral group, which is contrary to what one would initially believe because the subpectoral group had higher tissue coverage and also had... Um, Longer duration, longer, longer of, duration antibiotic of antibiotic therapy. therapy. Yeah. So it's a bit um, counterintuitive. Um, in terms of the results regarding mastectomy skin necrosis, there were equal numbers between both of the groups, as 
was the case with seroma and complete loss of reconstruction. Interestingly, the end stage of reconstruction for the subpectoral group was higher with implant insertion. So although both groups had tissue expanders inserted, the prepectoral patients had a higher amount of autologous reconstruction, which consisted of free abdominal tissue and hybrid. It'd be really interesting to see how many of the prepectoral cases had implants inserted and there were only 17 of them so it would be nice to see or compare the two groups that went straight to implant rather than having that data confounded with autologous reconstruction figures yeah because i think that's what we want to know as surgeons yeah. what the long-term soft coverage is soft tissue coverage is going to be like for the patients who only have a thin layer of skin and subcutaneous fat over the top of the acellodermal matrix and expander when that is ultimately changed for an implant by exchanging the expander for a flap, you basically put the patient into a completely different category of reconstruction, and that answer isn't given. Especially for the subgroup of patients who we're increasingly seeing who've had previous lumpectomy and radiotherapy, and you think, oh, look, the soft tissue's not too bad, maybe we can get away with an implant-based reconstruction uh, with that group. That's a group in particular I, as a surgeon, would like to know uh, whether it's safe for those patients to have a pre-pectoral reconstruction whether their outcomes are equivalent, better or worse, than patients who have an expander which is placed underneath the muscle. And uh, unfortunately with this study, by, by including those patients who did not go on to have simple exchange with the expander for an implant, we miss out on getting information about the final reconstruction. When, when I think as surgeons we talk about the final reconstruction, what we merely mean is the implant or the flap yeah. or whatever it is that's going to be uh, comprising the breast for the foreseeable future for that particular patient. This is only really looking at a small window for the patient, bridging them between the insertion of the uh, expander and whatever ultimate reconstruction they had, which was different significantly in the two groups. Right, yeah. And also it would be nice to see whether they had drains or not because that often influences surgeons' decisions as to how long antibiotics are given for. Some surgeons insist on antibiotic prophylaxis for the entire duration that the drains are in situ. Yes. But that's never really mentioned. But again, it would be nice to have further outcomes after stage two, yes. which we don't have, unfortunately. Well, hopefully uh, with their uh, longitudinally prospective database, they'll be able to continue to follow these patients to see what the longer-term outcomes are and then compare those longer-term outcomes with the pre-pectoral versus the expanded group. The other thing to say is in many ways, um, with the increased uh, use of direct-to-implant reconstruction may actually make many of these points moot uh, because certainly uh, in the practice here in Sydney, uh, many surgeons are going straight to direct-to-implant and the number of tissue expanders being placed is significantly dropping. Uh, uh, and that seems to be accelerating with time. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.